of the Voice of History, brought to you by the Student Historical Society of Nigeria, Unilife Chapter. My name is Amarachi Gabriel, and I have with me Inurua Oladimichi. And yeah, we'll be taking on very important segments on um, history. And so before we do that, we're going to go on a breather, and when we do come back, we'll dive right in into today's show. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, it's still the voice of history brought to you by the Student Historical Society of Nigeria, Unilac chapter. Before we went on the break, we I introduced um, on Inyolua Oladimiji. I'm going to be discussing um, this week in history as well as a notable figure in history. So we're going to start with the this week in history segment, and I'm starting first with um, uh, September 12th. Yeah. So in 1910, um, Gustav Mahler's Eighth Symphony premieres in Munich with 1,028 musicians. Yeah, and um, before we go there, I also want to explain something. So he was an Austro-Bohemian Romantic composer and one of the leading conductors of his generation. As a composer, he acted as a bridge between the 19th century Austro-German tradition and the modernism of the early 20th century. And modernism here means, you know, it's basically a period of innovation or change in musical style and uh, taste. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really, <laughs> what's good? Yeah, everything is good. On the next string yeah. of fat, 1959, Lunar 2 launched by USSR was the first sp spacecraft to impact on the moon. Okay. That is quite an interesting fact. And it says that it was the first human made um, object to reach the surface of the celestial body. And around this time, the nineteen this um this twentieth century, there's what we call space race that different countries there was okay. space race between um the Soviet Union and basically United Nations. Yeah. So this is in nineteen sixty one, um Yuri Gagarin was the first first um, astronaut cosmonauts to reach the to reach space while in i think 10 years later 1969 or so um yeah. we have um this astronaut neil armstrong 
It was okay. the first man to step on the moon. Yeah, quite interesting. And um, I think the other one says, uh, talks about the Smurfs. <laughs> yeah, so in 1981, the Smurfs animated cartoon series by Hanna-Barbera first broadcast in North America. And this actually dates back to 1958. Um, it, was a it was first a comic created by a comic artist, Pierre Colliford, or, you know, Pierre, as he, as they popularly call him. And um, another one is the Stefan, okay, yeah, in 1992, Stefan Edberg of Sweden beats Michael Chang of the United States in the longest match in U.S. Open history. Five hours, 26 okay, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> How does one play for five hours, 26 minutes? <laughs> That's why it's one notable um, match in <laughs> U.S. history. If I was Swedish, I would congratulate Stefan Edberg as gratis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, about this, um, okay, we first, I first started with the composer, Gustav Mahler. And so lately, <laughs> I've been listening to classic music online. That's and I just found out that, you know, it actually helps, um, you know, studying and all of that. And yeah, the past oh, week has been busy. True that. Yes. So, this is says studies suggest that listening to classical music can improve your hearing, special reasoning skills. And right. even your intelligence. Okay, so any take us on the next chain of facts. Yeah. September thirteenth, fifteen zero one. Michelangelo begins work on a statue of David, a masterpiece of Renaissance sculpture. Eighteen forty five. English chemist Michael Faraday discovers the Faraday effect, the influence of a magnetic field polarized polarized light. September thirteenth, nineteen ninety three. Public unveiling of the Oslo Accords and Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement initiated by Norway, signed by Israeli Minister of Foreign Affairs Shimon Peres and PLO official Mahmoud Abbas. Okay. Um, Abbas. So, um, about Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Yes, he started. <laughs> so, I, I found out something. Yeah. At first, they handed the contract. It was more like a contract. Yeah, it was. To them to they gave, I think, two other um, um, artists to, so. to sculpt something for the church. And they saw it as a piece of trash. They just said, no, they can't <laughs> use this material. And so um, it was more like a challenge, but they said, oh, they, they can't use this material. stuff. So I think it was marble, white yes, marble. white marble. Yeah. And, and he so used it and... He used it and... Have, have, you, have, have you seen the picture? Have you seen, have you seen it itself? I saw it. It's very cute. God. It's it speaks of his um, psychological insights, his physical realism. There's an intensity that is never before seen. Mm. It took two years or four years. I think I think it took two two years or so. It it contracted him when he was twenty six years old. Yeah. So I think it was twenty eight, about there, about. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then he was able to create something. Mm -hmm. It was so heavy. Yeah, it was very very heavy. I think it was 14, 14 inch fourteen inches. They they cre they created this for the um, gallery of the Saint Mary of Flower, the wow. cathedral of the Saint yeah. Mary of Flower. Then they had to move it to um, I think Palazzo di Signora. They had to move it again to Academy um, Galleria where it is now in Italy. Okay. So talking about the Oslo Accords, mm -hmm. um, so they were a combination of a series of secret and public agreements dating particularly from the Madrid Conference of 1991 onwards. 
Yes. And uh, negotiated between the Israeli government and the Palestinian Liberation Organization, PLO. you know, acting as representatives of the Palestinian people. Mm -hmm. And so it is still a debate amongst um, scholars. If it if was. Yes. I, I, I don't, I don't think. Actually I don't think it should be a debate. Why? Because. The, as but the, the question is, accords. it hasn't actually um, yes, doesn't, it doesn't ended the conflict. It exactly, it hasn't, it hasn't ended, ended the conflict. conflict. So there's still conflict there, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a landmark momentum in the pursuit of peace in the Middle East. Yeah. But it wasn't a landmark achievement because it did not yield peace. It didn't yield peace, and that was what they all wanted. Exactly. Yep. All okay. right, so I'm going to take uh, September 14. So starting first with uh, 1752, mm -hmm. September 14. <laughs> Britain and the British Empire, including the American colonies, adopt the Gregorian calendar. This is a very, very, very interesting string of facts. Okay. It and um, yes, and in 1939, still on September 14th, world's first practical helicopter, the VS-300, designed by Igor Sikorsky, takes tethered flights in Stratford, Connecticut. And okay. then in 1968, September 14th, Gulf's first recorded hole-in-one by Tom Morris at Prestwick's Eight Hole, Scotland. Okay, so sorry for sweet, um, <laughs> the Gregorian yeah, calendar. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard of this conflict. Give us back our level. Yes, <laughs> and it's quite funny. Like, of all protests in the world, who would have thought that there would protest called like, give, give, us back back our, give us back our 11 days. Exactly. <laughs> and so... It, because... Um, before they adopted the Gregorian calendar, they were using um, Julian calendar. Yeah. They were using Julian calendar from uh, Julius Caesar. Mm -hmm. So that was like f since fifteen, since the fourth, forty-six BC before Christ till yeah, fifteen exactly. October fifteen eighty-two. So it was introduced by Pope Greg Gregory the I think the thirteenth. This is why it's called Gregorian calendar. So the difference between Julian calendar and Gregorian calendar is that Julian calendar is ten is I think it's ten minutes longer. Yeah. Than the um, Julian calendar. That's Gregorian calendar. So yeah. when they when Britain adopted this thing, they had to change. This this is this is September fourteenth. Mm -hmm. Before September fourteenth, it was September second. Yeah. So they had to add like thirteen. Um, I think twelve more days to it. That's why the this protest broke out. So after after Italy, after Italy adopted this, I think France adopted this, Spain, Portugal, then several countries. True. Followed suits. So, but um, there are actually historians that believe this protest did not actually take place. Really? <laughs> yes. And so it, they I, say it is part but, of but the But what do you think? Do you, don't you think it should have affected um, historians in their when it comes to um, the time time frame and things like that? Yes, How would they actualize the right so time? Yeah. And maybe saw the calendar as an imposition by the church, so it was actually. Um, normal that they would come out mm -hmm. or expected that they would come out to protest yeah yeah so any september 15th what happened yes september 15th 1821 act of independence of central america costa rica el salvador guatemala honduras nicaragua declared their independence from the spanish empire september the, the 15th 1928 scottish Bacteriologist Alexander Fleming discovers penicillin while studying influenza. 1992, George Soros' quantum fund begins selling large amounts of pound sterling, labeled as the man who broke the back of England when pound crashes out of ARM the next day. September the 15th, 
2005, Be Without You was a single released by Mary J. Bleach, which was the Billboard Song of the Year 2006 and the Grammy Award Best R&B Song and also Best Female R&B Vocal Performance in 2005. Wow. Um, so I'll start off with uh, Sir Alexander Fleming mm-hmm. and his discovery of penicillin. Wonderful discovery. So <laughs> it was actually an accidental discovery. Yes, it was. Which led to one of the great developments of modern medicine. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that having left a plate of Staphylococcus bacteria uncovered, yeah. Fleming noticed that a mold that had fallen on the culture had killed many of the bacteria. So he identified the mold as penicillin notatum, mm. similar to the kind found on bread. And so in 1929, Fleming introduced his mold byproduct called penicillin to cure bacterial infections. Yeah. But it was it was it was it was it wasn't was effective at first because they had to purify it. So they purified it later in 1939. Yeah. Then in 1940, it was tested on a mice from strato I think strato okay. So it was tested on a mice and it worked. Then in 1941, it was proved. They tested it on a 43 year old and policeman on his face. I think it scratched his face, so they yeah. tested it on his face and it worked for him. But there was not enough supply of penicillin so he died mm-hmm. like a few days later yeah. and penicillin was very very effective and it was instrumental during the during the um world war ii okay, world war ii it was very 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 yeah. very it was very very relevant then it was effective then but and before before penicillin there was no cure for um gonorrhea pneumonia exactly and, and i was going to say that the scientists at the time believed that you know small organisms or bacteria just came out <laughs> of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was just like you know like natural occurrence so they didn't really study it and that's why his his discovery was it was quite controversial at the time yes it was so yeah um september 16th so i'm taking that one and so in 1795 september 16 british the british captured cape town south africa from the dutch and in 1848 slavery abolished was abolished in all french territories and then in, se- in 1963, the Federation of Malaysia, formed by Malaya, Singapore, British North Borneo, Sabah, and Sarawak. Okay. So, yeah. Um, about the British co- uh, colony mm-hmm. or their capture or the capture of Cape Town from the Dutch, uh, the Cape Colony was actually the first European colony in South Africa, which was initially controlled by the Dutch, yes. but subsequently was invaded and you know taken over by the british mm-hmm. and so after what bro- broke out again a british force was sent once more to the cape and after a battle in january 1806 on the shores of table bay the dutch garrison of cape castle surrendered to the british under sir david baird and then in 1814 the colony was you know ceded outright by the netherlands to the british crown that that would be like, that would be the second time they will confront the British will confront Dutch because in eighteen zero three in eighteen zero three the Dutch returned a uh, British returned it to the Dutch they they took over the territory before they had before yeah. it became a colony in eighteen zero six so and one of the one of the as we know the British they are the usual one of the usual justification is that they 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 argued that Dutch that the Dutch imperialism also yeah. wasn't humane that their colonialism is more humane than the Dutch and they justified it. That's how they justified their cause for colonizing um, countries like this. 
understand africa exactly okay so uh please can you just take us on september 17th facts on the listening okay september 17th 1683 just signed dutch scientist Anthony van Leeuwenhoek is the first to report the existence of bacteria. Okay. September 17th, 1787. The U.S. Constitution is signed by delegates at the Philadelphia Convention. Yeah. September the 17th, 1940. Adolf Hitler indefinitely postpones Operation Sea Lion, the planned German invasion of Great Britain. September the 17th, 1978. Anwar Sadat, Menachem Begin, and Jimmy Carter signed the Camp David Accords frameworks for peace in the Middle East and between Egypt and Israel. All right. Yeah, so let me just take on the uh, September 18 fact. Yes. Okay. Um, September 18, 1812. The Great Fire of Moscow burns out after five days. 75% of the city destroyed mm-hmm. and 12,000 killed. And then in 1873, Government bond agent, okay. Government bond agents J. Cook and Co. collapses, causing panic on Wall Street. The start of the panic of 1873 and the long depression. And then in 1931, <coughs> to create a pretext for the invasion of Manchuria, China, a railway explosion is faked by the Japanese. So, with all of this, now what do you think? Like, anyone of um, can discuss? The Great Fire of Moscow that burned after five days. It was alleged that Napoleon Bonaparte wanted to oh, yes wanted to wanted to invade Moscow. That that's the capital now the capital of Russia. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. So he wanted to invade um he wanted to invade Moscow. And it was alleged that the governor general of Moscow at the time sent a one of the Russian patriots to set I think a particular house on fire. So before it spread out, before it spread exactly. out, and it affected like it reached everywhere. So they even it had to it pushed them. They had to leave. They had to um, um, Napoleon Bonaparte and his forces. They had to leave. They had yeah. to leave Moscow. And back to the fact on September the seventeenth, when Adolf Hitler indefinitely postpones the Prussian sea lion. The Germans they are fond of giving a code name to every operation. Like yes, yes. Um talk of Operation Barbarossa. They when they invaded yeah, the um, um Soviet the Soviet Union and they failed. Now why why they the reason one of the reasons why they postponed why they postponed it in, indefinitely or why it didn't even work at all was because before then um Adolf Hitler Adolf Hitler had been he had been waging war against the Western Hemisphere, he had been waging war back to back. Yeah. He had waging war he had he conquered I think he conquered um, Western Poland within four weeks. He conquered Norway. He conquered um, Netherlands. He conquered Belgium, and he conquered um, Northern France. So with this ambition, like he had this ambition to dominate the Western Hemisphere. So exactly. with, with this, he he was he was moved and motivated that he was going to conquer Britain. And if he had conquered Britain, if mm-hmm. he had, he would have dominated the Western Hemisphere. Thank you. <laughs> Quite phenomenal. Anyway, we're just going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be discussing um, a very notable figure, yeah, on the rhetoric. So please stay tuned.
Hi, welcome back. It's still the voice of history. And yeah, on the rhetoric today, we're discussing, um, yes, Akinwade Oluwole Obatunde Soinka. Yes, as we all know, Wole Soinka. So, known as Wole Soinka, he's a Nigerian playwright, novelist, poet, and essayist. He was awarded in uh, the 18, 1986 Nobel Prize in Literature, the first sub Saharan African to be honored in that category. And again, Soinka was born into a Yoruba family in Abiokuta in 1954, attended Government College Ibadan and subsequently University College Ibadan and the University of Leeds in England. So now um, he took an active role in Nigeria's political history and its campaign for independence from British colonial rule. So as a dramatist, Soinka has been influenced by, among others, the Irish writer J.M. Singe, but links up with the traditional popular African theatre with its combination of dance, music, and action. He bases his writing on the mythology of his own tribe, the Yoruba with Ogun, and he wrote his first plays during the time his time in London, The Swamp Dwellers, The Lion and the Jewel, uh, which were performed at Ibadan in 1958, and in 1959 and published in 1963 so yeah um this is just a very short uh, overview of everything but do you have like a favorite book of Shoinka or whatever like what do you have i think my favorite book of Shoinka at the time is the lion and jewel which is a light comedy in the lion yeah, and jewel the he comedy. yes the way you write it provokes it provokes these funny imaginations with the way it writes, which, which is very, very remarkable. Yeah. And so he's coming up with a new book, um, his latest book, on September 28, 2021. And yeah, the book is titled Chronicles from the Land of the Happiest People on Earth. So it will be Soinka's first novel to be published in nearly 50 years. Mm. Wow. <laughs> that is remarkable. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. And he, he published numerous others, like The Man Died, Akhir, and so many others, which are very, very phenomenal. Yeah. So with this um, this whole uh, show, we're going to wrap it all up right now. Um, I, I want to say a big thank you to you listeners and also to our producer, to everyone, like, including my co-host here. And yeah, I hope you stay tuned. And tomorrow on 103.1 Minilag FM. And also to join us next time on the same station, same time. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Um, have a lovely day. Uh-huh.